welcome to Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. This is sports you've never heard of. I'm Jacob Ellis. And I'm Trenton Zito. And as you can tell, both of us went through extreme puberty. No, I'm just doing my radio voice. <laughs> is there is there even a such thing? Do you have a radio voice? Is this Is this what you've learned in your classes? Well, I talk the same, but I feel like I sound different when I hear recordings of myself. So that's why I think somewhat the radio voice rumor exists. Um, there are certainly people you listen to in like sports broadcasts or on the radio. You, you're like, that can't be the real voice. It just sounds too like perfected or, you know, however much I hate Joe Buck is, is commentating and stuff. For baseball and football, because I think he's in too many. He puts his hand too many things. Pick one sport and he would be better. He has a really great voice. And I heard him outside of like broadcasting, talking. And it's the same voice. I'm like, how? How do people take you seriously when you're in the grocery line? (laughs) Maybe he's just announcing himself putting stuff on the conveyor belt. Here's the butter. Surrounded by all these other vegetables. You know what I found recently? is uh at supermarkets now they've been having like foreign butter show up so it's like um german and irish butter or two things i've tried and because they um they have dairy subsidies in europe are so high so pretty much dairy farmers get paid so much to like make dairy so they have dairy available the it's it's almost the exact same price as the american butter but they import it in so it's so cheap but it's almost the exact same price and oh my gosh Irish and German butter are both way better. They're like, they figured it out. What what about it is different than regular butter that we have? German butter is really rich. And it's like, you know how, you know on cartoons, the butter is always pure yellow, but in real life, it's usually more white. German butter is actually pure yellow. So it's actually like the butter in cartoons is like how German butter is. And then Irish butter is more creamy. Interesting. Yeah. I've never actually tried either, so uh, I guess they next time I—I I know they have it in stores in Chicago. I saw it on sale. All right, I'll keep a lookout, and uh, I shall butter things with some foreign butter. And you butter. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh no! So this will be the last show of this school year for us, pretty much. We've been slow at the end of the year. We didn't have time to educate the masses on all of the sports they haven't heard of. We failed our mission put upon to us from like God and the above. (laughs) Well, our mission will continue after this school year because we will still have more content. Yeah, maybe some in the summer. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. But before we get to that, Trenton, what did you do today? Today, I went on quite the journey. I went to everybody's favorite place to visit as much as they possibly can, the DMV. Ray, He's going <laughs> to add in cheering. Yay! You sound so disappointed by my experiences. Well, I've been to DMV like me only twice, and I hated it both times. So. Yeah. I, I understand. Um, I mean, what's cool is that there's some Illinois DMVs that are doing like a, a pilot appointment only program. So 
you know, you can actually go and schedule an appointment online instead of having to wait in line to, you know, get an appointment or whatnot. Well, when I went to DMV, I just did the in-line thing because the appointments were like booked a month or two in advance. Yeah, I was, I've been struggling to get one for a while, but I, so I finally got it. <laughs> when I got my ID, uh, the, I went to get the picture and like the lady took the picture and then she was like, you okay? And I was like, what? <laughs> and she was like, you look distressed. And like, I don't. I don't think I look distressed. Nope, you look totally fine. I look totally normal. What was this yeah. lady doing to me? She was just holding my self-esteem for a day. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a day, because I'm still talking about it like two years later. It's it's long-lasting emotional trauma by the DMV it. person. That's unfortunate. Did you ever take like a terrible school ID photos? Like, oh, I still have those. Like, did did they actually put effort into them? Oh, we had guys who like would actually try, and they'd be like, "Give me a big smile." I had I remember one that there was a guy who always made sure he like talked to you a little bit first, so you would like just you know more natural. Like he would just mention something like, "Well, the weather today is great." I used to so I used to squint my eyes too much because I didn't like the light. So like all of my pictures, I'm really squinting my eyes. Interesting. Because the light just, I was like, ah, because there's the big flash with the multiple angles. So I think every like school photo for me, there's always like, there's tons of photos where it's just me going like closing eyes. I'm like, <laughs> ah, it's too much. Yeah, we, we never actually did that much for school ID photos. I mean, ours was just the security guy is sitting there at his desk with a a computer or a laptop and he just points the the webcam at us the usb webcam and then he snaps a picture and it's absolutely horrible he doesn't even give us prior warning he just looks at you and then you're like smiling you're like are you done yet and then in the middle of you saying that he's taking the picture he's like okay yeah go ahead i was actually biking by uh elementary school and i saw they were still doing school photos even though it was like remote learning so what it was was it was outside and they still had the like cheesy blue background for school photos <laughs> but it was like they were bringing kids in at, like timed appointments drive in get out of the call the parent gets them out of the call and they go take pictures and it was such like this is too much effort for like a silly little school photo it's an elementary but, school you said i think it was elementary or middle school it wasn't oh, wow. my town it was the next town over so i don't know interesting exactly but you yeah, what? they're they're preparing them early to go to the DMV. Yep, exactly. That's what those were. Did they give you in school photos? They used to like always hand out combs to us. So like comb your hair because we all had bad hair apparently. So they like comb your hair. So I have like 20 or something, not 20, but I have a lot of like odd combs from like these school photos because they no. gave out free combs. No, we didn't get we didn't get combs. <laughs> we traded combs in my school and that's when the lice outbreak started. Oh no. Oh no, that's horrible. My no, one of my my best friend in like 4th grade, he had lice and I remember I was the first one they called in. <laughs> they were like, "Did you let him share your hat?" and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and I didn't have lice. <laughs> Oh no. That's just funny. That is 
that is very much unfortunate. Yeah, but you know, I've had sh- I have short hair. I've almost always had short, cut my hair short, like my almost entire life. So I would have been the one kid who was like, I don't care, I'll just shave my head. I see. Instead of going through the like shampoo thing. Yeah. Or just been like, shave my head. I mean, you generally, I feel like most of the times I've seen you, you're wearing a hat too, so. Oh, so there's like, that's part of my philosophy with hair and hats. So there's like, when my hair is really short, I don't wear a hat because it doesn't feel good, except for on trucker hats, because my hair can poke out when it's really small out of the horse. That's the only time it feels good when my hair is really short. When my hair gets too long and I get hat hair, that's about the time I cut my hair. Okay. So you got a whole system going. I have a whole system going. Whole system. How very scientific of you. I've also found with my headphones, there's a certain, pretty much for a certain length with my hair, I will get a physical like dip in my hair so you can see if I'm walking around, if I just wore my headphones for a long period of time. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I, I totally don't get that at all. No comment. No comment. Nothing to see here. Yeah. I need a haircut. <laughs> I well, I don't go to a barber. I cut my own hair. Oh, okay. No, so it started out. My dad used to cut my hair, and he used wood dog, a dog razor that was meant to cut his dog, who, funnily enough, was named Clipple. Ha ha, <laughs> Clipple. And he used to cut his dog. But he used to use wood dog razor to cut my hair, and dog razors are not made for human hair, so it gets stuck stuck and then i have like score if i actually totally shave my head you see scoring it was when he asked it got stuck oh dear yeah so then he upgraded not to a hail razor still he was using a beard trimmer so it still didn't totally work on my hair ah so eventually i bought my own hair and you taught yourself no i still can't do it well because if you ever cut your hair you know it's really hard especially around the ears Mm. i usually have long slightly too long hail around the eos because it's hard to cut but then like i talked to my friends and they pay like 75 dollars to cut their hail and i'm like yeah that's crazy <laughs> i'm not doing that well i'm sure i can get it cheap somewhere but i just don't really care enough like i'll just cut my own hail well especially during the pandemic because all those barber shops were closed so all these people were like oh my hair is terrible and i'm like come to jacob You're just going, <laughs> somehow we went from dmv to hail i don't know how but Speaking of DMV, transportation. Trenton, if you only had one way to get around, what would be your choice of transportation? A vehicle. That's too broad. <laughs> uh, how about a Star Trek teleporter? Star Trek teleporter. Beat me up, Scotty. <laughs> Aren't you at all concerned that somehow it's going to go wrong? They never talk about the accidents. There oh, was some accident where it went terribly. Indeed. Um, yeah, maybe maybe not. Yeah. Why don't we uh, look at some other modes of transportation? I mean, car is probably as, as typical as it gets. I mean, you can get to a lot of places with a car. You can't drive to everywhere, though. But I mean, yeah. you know, road trip to Hawaii. I've always thought, like, you know, you would be really cool if you had a pet polar bear and you could ride a polar bear everywhere. A pet polar bear. I think polar bear would be the most reasonable animal who would also be cool. Like, I don't want a horse. Horses played out. Everyone rides a horse. And uh, elephants, 
elephants are my favorite animal. Let them be in the wild and do their own thing. And also, they can't go everywhere, and they don't want people. But you know what? Polar bear, the Arctic is melting. We need to find them jobs so they have they have security in the future. I think I think they already have jobs. What's the job? Coca-Cola salesman. No, that's not every polar bear. Do you think every <laughs> elf works at the Santa's workshop? No, some of them are on the, the shelf. Shoe, the sh- yeah, elf. Some of them are on shelves. Some of them are the shoe <laughs> kind. Some of them are the kind that sells cookies. There can be different types of polar bears too. Of the actual realistic ones, I don't know. I like trains. I'm very pro train. Okay. Like, and I'm not talking just about like you know. We all have our problems with like CTA and stuff like that where it can get gross. But I'm like, you ever go on like Amtrak or like, if only there were still old timey trains, like Hogwarts Express type deal. <laughs> that would be cool. I've been to Europe and the Europe, they've actually, they actually have good like long distance trains and those are cool. They bring you food. They go on little courts and are like, you want potato chips. How fancy. Do you know why? You know how on airplanes it's always Canada dry and stuff like that, like ginger ale is more popular? Yeah. Do you know why that is? Uh, no, I don't. Because your taste buds are 30% less effective when you're high up, when you're in, in an airplane because of like the altitude and you're in like a tube or something like that. So ginger ale is usually too strong of a flavor for people like on the ground. So because they're in an airplane, they like it more there because it tastes better there for them. And that's why also why airplane food can tend to be bad because it's usually normally seasoned and it needs to be heightened seasoned. And if you heighten season it, it causes the food to be worse too because maybe like too much salt, food gets dried out. I see. So are you telling me that first class food is not worth it? I don't know. I, I've been on first class once, and I don't remember the food actually being good. We got upgraded randomly. so Very nice. I don't oh. think I've ever been in first class. Oh, that's sad. I actually I'm gonna can't. Play, I'm going to play you the violin they gave me for free in first class. <laughs> here's, a, here's a souvenir violin that you can take home and practice by yourself. Well, what I know is basically first class... I think it on average used to be better, but now, wow, it's still good. On certain airlines, it's better. On certain airlines, it's not that much better. I know in like certain airlines, they don't even really have first class. And it's just like they have a business class. And that's it. And business class pretty much means there won't be a kid banging on your chair, annoying you. <laughs> there won't be a kid banging on your chair, annoying you. It'll be another adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be a, a middle-aged salary man. Exactly. Having his midlife crisis. I was going to say, you know, I don't know why they just also thought of this. You know how now all airplanes have a little screen so you get to watch whatever you want? They do? I think most do. Well, actually, no. South by Southwest doesn't. And a lot of ones don't, but some do. I don't know. I think I've only used South by Southwest in American for like... Oh no, I once went I once went on a different airline. I went on Air Italia when I was going to Italy. That's terrible. <laughs> they do give you they give really good cookies. They give you those Biscoff cookies. Ooh, I like Ooh, those. Ooh, okay. I see. Very fancy. But, but yeah, no, it's like this much like legroom, it's like half of what they give you. And like American ones. And the chair is half to be upright. There's no adjustment. 
Oh, that's unfortunate. And I had been on like a 19 hour flight before. And then I had oh. like, and I was tired and I had to sleep like straight up, no leg room. Yikes. But I was so tired, I did fall asleep. But then I was <laughs> like really grog- groggy. Yeah. I haven't been on an airplane in almost 10 years. So, yeah, you don't know, man. It's gotten crazy. I don't know. <laughs> I have a lot of opinions on airport security too, but I'll save that for a different time. All right. Sounds good. But enough of this back and forth discussion about air travel. This week, we're going to look at the back and forth sport of tech ball. That's right. It's a ping pong and soccer hybrid that's played on a curved table. Trenton, what the heck is this? Well, this is not our first time covering a sort of ping pong soccer hybrid. The last time we did it was Hedis, which is played in the middle of forests. Oh, not any forest, German forest. So you know something's hiding in there. The kind <laughs> that Jacob is incredibly terrified about that we're just, just not going to mention. It literally, when you mention that, I got to shivel down my sh- spine just from <laughs> thinking what could be looking in those woods. It's the the German Hedis ghosts that are peeking through, the, through your window. <laughs> Dude, don't mention that. And then Attic Man, it's just there. Attic Man. Attic Man, the friend of, uh, or not only a friend of the Hedis players' ghosts, but also a avid player of Hedis himself. Yeah, and he's the sworn en- enemy of the sentient leaf pile. So, <laughs> all of yes. the characters we made up this year. But, um, Techball. <laughs> Techball is sort of like Hedis. I mean, it, it incorporates. Hedis factors and gameplay because you can still hit the ball with your head. But this is sort of like um, volley soccer, which is also an established. We never talked about volley soccer because it's almost too established. You know, it's still not a sport with leagues and stuff, dual leagues, but it's almost too established. But volley soccer, it's soccer, you're kicking, but it's like played with volleyball on a volleyball court with volleyball rules. This is like that, but it's using ping pong, I would say. That would be a really good comparison. Yeah. But then you ask, why the curved table? And I'm going to tell you in a little bit. But first with the origins. So Tech Ball was invented in 2012. That might be our newest game. I think everything was slightly older than that. It might be. Yeah, you're right. But anyway, it was invented in 2012 in Hungary by three different football enthusiasts a former professional player, a businessman, and a computer scientist. Wow. That almost sounds like the start of, like, three guys walking to a bar, you know? A former <laughs> professional soccer player, businessman, a computer scientist. <laughs> I don't know what the punchline would be, but that's what it sounds like. So one of them pretty much invented this game in their, like, youth, college days. But they, so they used to play tennis, but they were kick a soccer ball off table tennis table uh but what they what he found was that because it was flat like just pure horizontal design the ball just would not bounce well and you just couldn't control it well so it the game really didn't work uh so what they ended up doing when he brought this up to these guys was what if they bend the table 
so it's an oct surface. So the ball would actually have help with its bounce and it would be easy to kick it off. And that's pretty much started it. So after several years of testing out different designs, they created the first like official tech ball table, 2014. Uh, rather uniquely for sports, the tech ball table design that they came up with, you can't just make it and start selling it. They have a patent on it. So only them, and they eventually create the tech ball leagues and everything, only they can produce them and sell them. I think they do have third parties selling them, but they're official partners with them. So eventually they presented it officially in Budapest on October 18th, 2016. October 18th, my dad's birthday. You'll be proud to know. The game is presented at the international level by the International Federation of Tech Ball, or Fit Tech, as we're going to call them throughout the rest of this episode. That's a cool name, Fit Tech. That sounds like a Fitbit knockoff. <laughs> like, do you have a fit? Do you have a Fitbit? No, I have a Fit Tech. Like, how does that work? Oh, it falls off my wrist half the time I go running, but <laughs> yeah. Um... Well, let's uh, let's look into some of the. Well, let's describe the actual gameplay of it uh, before we go into the rules. Basically, like we mentioned before, it's a ping pong and soccer hybrid that's basically played like volleyball. So the point of it is that you are just bouncing the ball across the table to your opponent using various limbs, but and- not your hands and arms, but pretty much everything else. Yeah, so you can hit it with pretty much any other part of your body other than that. So it's uh it's similar to Edis, but instead of just being the head, it's everything. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, tech ball can be played with balls used in soccer. Uh they use the official size five according to FIFA regulations as their official and recommended ball. I don't know what size five means. I don't know if that's the normal soccer ball. I'm not sure. Should look this up. Anyway, the one adjustment they do have, however, is they use a slightly lower pressure than would ever be allowed in soccer because they have to have more control over it when they hit it across. So they can't use like a fully pumped ball. Dang. So it's like deflate gate, but yeah, somebody, somebody call Tom Brady. Tell him we found a sport he can play. Yeah. So tech ball can be played by two players. So that's a singles game by four players. That's a doubles game. And they do a lot of mixed doubles games. So it'll be female and male on each team. A tech ball match consists of best of three sets, sort of like tennis. Each set is played until a player or team reaches 12 points, except in the wood championships by fit tech that in that tournament, we saw it goes to 20 points. We don't know why they have like they decide on that particular tournament goes longer, but that's the rules. Um, every player slash team has two attempts to complete a successful service. So getting the ball onto the other side. Uh, the players slash teams change service after every four points. It is forbidden to touch the ball with the same body part twice consecutively. So you can't just kick it up, kick it up with the same leg. You got to switch it up. And then you only... So every player and team is allowed to return the ball with a maximum of three touches on any body part except for the hands and arms. In doubles, the team has a maximum of three touches, though. So you're basically one unit, and you 
can pass the ball to each other, and you have to pass the ball to each other at least once every time it's on your side. Uh, while playing, neither the table nor the opponent can be touched. So that's pretty much the same as ping pong. And then there's a special circumstance in this. So it's called an edge ball. An edge ball would be where it hits the edge of the table. Now, they, I, they kind of have the same rule in table tennis. But basically, it's they have to repeat the whole situation if it hits the edge. Because it's unfair for the one side if it hits the edge. But if it hits the side and not the edge, so if it hits like straight onto the side of the table, that's just out. So the refs usually watch that really closely. And in the tournament we watched, there was a big point where it hit the hit it and the refs watched once and they were like, that was an edge. It wasn't a side. And it was really close. It seems like it's more interesting to see the doubles games just because it has that volleying aspect to it. Yeah, I like, yeah, it doesn't, it's not like tennis where I feel like tennis, it works about the same with doubles versus singles. But like, I would say with volleyball, it's closer to volleyball in that you like the, it's two people and one of them could screw up sort of. Volleyball it wouldn't be as fun if it was just one versus one, which is why they don't do that. Yeah, yeah. so it's like setting up your partner for the attack. And of course, there's, there's different kinds of strategies that we've seen players trying to do like some of them opt for the really light touch which is of course a a smaller bounce which is harder for your opponent to get to others try and get you know a a faster and harder hit which uh will ideally travel further away from your opponent and uh not allow you to return so one thing they have is a really similar, they always do the same strategy of where they're standing in relation to the table for doubles, where always there'll be one person on the team who's right on the side of the table and one person who's really further back from it. So it pretty much gives you the opportunity of if it's a light one, the person on the side can get to it. If it's a heavy one, the person in the back can get to it. And then the person in the back will hit it back towards the person on the side so they can slam it pretty much. Um, so the tournaments, so there are three major tournaments that have tech ball. The biggest one being the tech ball world championships sponsored by fit tech, tech. not <laughs> sponsored, but organized by them. Uh, so they have singles and doubles competitions with men and women participating sometimes together for mixed doubles. Uh, the first tick bet, the first tech ball championships was held in Budapest in 2017 when they only had 20 nations by 2018 when it was held in Reims, france it had 90 uh players and then the most recent one in 2019 in budapest had 160 players from 58 countries so it's going up fast it's a really fast expanding sport um they've been Added into two different major tournaments, the African Beach Games, which only held one games, its first one in 2019 in Cape Verde. Uh, Cameroon won the African Beach Games title, beating Nigeria in the final. Uh, it was supposed to be featured in the Asian Beach Games and Asian Indoor and Martial Arts Games called Egg Mag, but the games it was added to was the 2020 Asian Beach Games, which were postponed for obvious reasons, and they still haven't brought it back. Yeah, um, and you mentioned that it's a very quickly growing sport, 
And I think definitely from what we've seen in terms of the presentation of the world championships and just in general, the, the quality of their broadcasts by fit tech, it's really, it's like a high quality kind of thing. You know, I mean, they have this, the scoreboards and there's a lot of fans. They got video replays. I mean, it looks nice. It looks great. Yeah, and they got like, they got like national, you know, I mean, big sponsors like Gatorade, Adidas, Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola and the, the polar bears are in the stands. But uh, yeah, it's, they're obviously new. We got to get head in on cock headis but they got to get straight in on they need to have good like broadcasting standards so it would be presented well and the rest of the world would quickly add it in and that's helped because they've already been added as an official recognized sport by the african and asian olympic committees so being recognized as a sport means that if it's recognized by those olympic committees and it's eventually recognized by all of them it could be possibly added into the olympic games and I'm saying if it's like the Olympic Games being held in like Hungary or one of the other nations where it's really popular, I bet you it's going to be one of their uh, showcase games sort of that they do each Olympics. But considering uh, the official world rankings, which might be slightly off because they haven't been doing too much tournaments in the past year, but the official rankings as of May 2021, the first place in singles is... Adrian Dusak from Poland, and they have a point system. I don't know what the points are about. I think it's by total wins. Uh, but he's the Adrian Dusak from Poland is number one singles player in the world. For doubles, the number one double duo is both from Hungary. It's for regular doubles, so like one gender, and it's Sasaba Bayik and Adam Blazovics, both from Hungary. Uh, interesting enough, they're the only one where they've been a duo long enough where they're both considered number one. Because if you go down through doubles, usually it's one player who's played doubles with other people and they're ranked by themselves. So it's kind of unique they do that. Uh, the number one mixed doubles team is from Brazil. It's Marcos Vieira da Silva and Natalia Gutierrez. I don't know if I'm pronouncing any of these right. I tried. You, you tried very hard. Yeah. The highest ranking American in any of these rankings is Francisco Diaz. He's number three ranked doubles player. And I saw there's one other American ranked doubles player. So I don't know if maybe they were doubles, but one of them played Longo. I don't know why he's ranked alone. He's, he's obviously played different people and that's why. Yeah. I also just want to point out because kind of hilarious when they do a podium to shoot to show the rankings for the championships, they don't have a normal podium where it steps. It's literally like one of these curved tables that they use for tech ball, and they're just always standing on it. And so the number one team is slightly higher than the two <laughs> third team. That's kind of that's kind of creative, actually. I mean, it's a smart idea. Yeah. Yeah. When when you're looking at the podium, it looks kind of nice. I mean, the the fact that it's curved. Kind of just makes it look fancy. Yeah. It does look like it's hard to stand on, though. But, yeah. Usually we talk about if there's a controversy or something wrong with the sport. The only thing we can think of is similar to when we talked about spike ball. Because this it's like the tech ball table is patented by tech ball, the company. And they're the only ones who can make it. It's almost like the horse sport 
is meant to sell a product. And is that a controversy, do you think? Um, I mean, I don't know how much of a controversy it would be. I mean, if you want to play table tennis, you have to get the table tennis table itself, unless you go to somewhere else that already has it. Well, that's the thing. There are different companies making table tennis, so there's different organizations. This is one organization, and they basically own a monopoly on the sport. You can argue, say, NFL basically owns a monopoly on football, but anyone can make a football. Anyone could start a league, just no one has the had the ability to take on the NFL. True. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you put it that way, I think definitely tech ball does have a, a monopoly on their, their curved tables. And I will say the curved tables are not cheap. Uh, for the normal, like, tech ball table, they call the tech one. This is the normal one they play with at tournaments. It costs 2,599 euros, which translates to 3,168.84 US dollars. There's a slightly cheaper model, which is slightly worse. It's like the tech ball version of when you have those ping pong tables that fold up nice and easy. But that one still costs about $2,000. Ooh, interesting. So we're talking about, like, again, they have this pad table. No one else can make that exact table design. So you can't, and they've already, they've tested this for years. They tested to figure out what would be the perfect design so it could bounce a soccer ball. And now no one else can make it. Mm, I see. So it's sort of, I think it's problematic in that way, in that they'll, they basically, they've cornered the supply on the market. So if other people want to try it, they have to pay their price, which, I mean, I'm sure it's hard to build because it's curved, but I don't think they made it as cheap as they could. And I think the fact that no one else is making it means there's not competition driving to make it cheap, but still good, you know? So I don't know. I see. I mean, I guess that's why you, uh, when you invent a sport, you bring in a businessman. (laughs) Yeah. They brought in a businessman and a computer technician so they could get that perfect design. That doesn't change if this is a sport or not, but I think it's problematic in the company's practice. Yeah. Um, because if you truly, and they claim they only pan it so they can protect how the sport builds, but that doesn't make sense. If you really wanted the sport to build, you would release the patent and say, anyone can build this. Yeah. And I guess that would definitely create more, uh, more participation. I guess uh, another controversy that I could think of that I can relate to personally is the fact that you are possibly kicking a ball on a table and tables and legs generally do not have a fun relationship. Oh, you saying you might hit yourself? Yes. On the table? Well, okay. Can I have, can I have the child bumpers on my table? <laughs> yeah, the tables do, I think they have kind of sharp edges, you know? Yeah, I'm not trying to, not trying to kick a table more than I generally do. Like, if you have a tech ball table in your man cave, don't let your toddler kid go running around without the, like, you know, the child safety stuff on it. Yes, safety first. Safety first. Um, But yeah, other than that, again, it looks like a very fun game. It's, of all the games we've looked at, it might be one of the most fun to watch. And they don't have to do some trick, like, cheap trick to make us be fun, like, wife carrying and cheese rolling those are fun to watch 
but because they were funny, not exactly because of the competition. This is fun to watch because of the competition. Yeah, and because of the, the effort and the quality of just how they run the sport and how it's uh, presented to the audience. Yeah, and then again, it's something where, I guess if we still want to talk about controversy, we did make the argument in a different one. If a sport is built off a different sport, how much of a unique sport is it? And I would almost say this works better than, say, Hedis, which is very similar, because they've built more rules around it and they've made it more uniquely its own. Yeah, for sure. And while it's still something that, like, of course, like a soccer player is going to be good at it, there are sports that are still we recognize that like like a football players could be great at rugby they're different sports oh i mean depending on what your position is in football i think it's better to say a rugby player would probably be great at football there have yeah. been rugby players who have made it to the nfl and, and tried out they're usually it. small though that's the big problem but yeah yeah oh i watched that movie invictus that was good have you do you know that movie no i don't it's about the uh, south african rugby team and now it's when Nelson Mandela is president and he's really supportive of the South African team, but the South African team represented a port tie. Cause they used to be all white, but they have like one black player pretty much, but him as the black president made it clear. No, we got to support this South African team. And he pretty much, he uses this as a tool to like help bridge the gap between white and black people in South Africa by we can all support this team. Interesting. So it's pretty good. I shall add that to my list of many movies I need to watch at some point. It's Morgan Freeman as Nelson Mandela and <laughs> Matt Damon on the team. So like, hey, those are good. Actors. All right. It's directed by Clint Eastwood, though, and his movies can be sort of eh. So I don't know. He gets over dramatic at points, but whatever. But yeah, back to this. I don't take away the fact that it's a sport that's built off basically combining other sports. Because I think they've made it uniquely enough their own with the curved table and everything, where it's its own sport. And again, while I have problems with the whole only they can design it, that's not knocking down the sport itself. So for the final decision, is it a sport? I would say yes, definitely. It's a sport. Same. Absolutely. And would you play it? I would. Uh, I might not do as much kicking in my attacking when i'm near the table unless there are child bumpers and i'm wearing shin guards and yeah <laughs> uh, were they wearing shin guards they were wearing pretty close to soccer uniforms they're somewhere in between soccer and volleyball uniforms maybe slightly close to volleyball but volleyball they do have those knee guards and they don't have it for this yeah i see so interesting but yeah uh i would play it i don't think i would be good at it though because I devil had good like foot control for juggling and stuff. Yeah, and the table is pretty small in terms of the surface that you're trying to hit. So I don't think the table is that sharp though. So I don't think you have that much of a problem. I think now that I'm looking at it, it's sort of smooth. So you'll be fine. It's smooth. Don't you worry. You just <laughs> thank you, Jacob. <laughs> I'll protect you if I see you going towards it. I'll tackle you to the ground so you won't hit it. That sounds more dangerous than hitting the table <laughs> you know what we gotta do now we gotta pay the three thousand dollars to buy this and then put it in the middle of the Raiders of post sports station all right we can uh they have that one table that's already in there the really big one so if we just take Replace that one it. out yeah we take that one out we put, put the, that one in the Sabaro. 
That could ah. become a pizza eating table in Sapporo. There we go. All right. So we take we take that table out. We put in the tech ball table, and then people can eat lunch on it while people are playing tech ball. Yep. It's just a little bit of an obstacle and uh, slightly dangerous for the people who are eating and doing homework on it. But that's okay. It adds the fun. Yep. So this is the end of the season. Uh, we've had a fun season with the sentient leaf pile, attic command, not fun with the German forest. Aww. We'd like to thank all of our guests who've been on the show this year. It's been fun having guests. And next year we'll be back in the studio. We'll probably still do podcasts instead of going back to doing a live show, but we don't know yet. That's a long ways away. But until then, I'm going to go back into my radio voice. You've been listening to Sports You've Never Heard Of. I am Jacob Ellis. And I'm Trenton Cito here on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. This sounds more like a wrestler voice than a radio voice. Like, I'm going to take you down at WWE Super Slam this summer. WWE, the Radio DePaul Sports version. Oh, we should do wrestling and say, is this a sport? No, it's fake. 